Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hey there, and welcome back to Investor Insights. Uh, Mike Williams here of Genesis, and uh, thanks again for joining us. So today, oddly enough, as we uh, head into the summer, we're going to talk about some good news. Strangely enough, you might be shocked to hear that given the media intent to convince you that the world is ending almost 24 hours a day. Uh, so, you know, we're going to talk about something that uh, some stats in recent data that uh, doesn't get media hype, but will prove to be valuable to long-term disciplined investors and clearly in our opinion, play a big role in the upcoming presidential race, which uh, it seems that a lot of people are almost asleep to. But the idea here is that in another few months or so, we're going to get a full year of um, hearing from all these people that want to be president. So you may recall back in the uh, financial crisis of 08 and 09, as that was unfolding and um, Mr. Bernanke was using every tool imaginable to keep everyone focused on the idea that the world was not ending, even though it felt like it. Um, the experts at the time were telling us that we were going to have just huge federal deficits, and we did for a year or two, um, but that it was going to go on for as far as the eye can see. You might remember hearing a reference to deficits, deficits as a percentage of the GDP, the gross domestic product. Now, the idea back then is all the brilliant people told us that we would have 10% plus deficits. That's 10% of the GDP. Now, remember, our GDP is over $17 trillion. So the idea was that we were going to look at years and years of deficits in the one7 trillion dollar a year range. Um, the idea then was, of course, selling fear as it is today. And the people who were telling us that were ready to tell you to be afraid all the time, especially about our future. Um, hence, the deficits would collapse the United States economy. We would never make it out. And of course, if the United States economy collapses, being the largest in the world, it would have a domino impact and collapse the rest of the world, and we'd all be cooking out on the street corner for the food we might be able to scrape together. And if we didn't have gold coins, we were certainly going to perish. That was sort of the picture, as you might recall. Now, strangely enough, on the way to Armageddon, uh, paragraph 6, part 13, something else happened. And what happened was that the economy grew. And strangely enough, the steps that uh, the current administration took to capture far more tax revenues uh, created record revenues to the United States government. And uh, by the way, if you're listening, jot down this email, info at genesisinvestor.com. That's info at genesisinvestor.com. Why do I tell you that? There are some charts 
that I'm using to give you this podcast today that I think you would be fascinated by. If you'd like a copy of them, I am more than happy to send them to you for free. Just send me an email. Ask me for the federal deficit charts. Um, That's all you need to say. I will send you back these charts. You'll love them, and I think you'll find that they have a lot of positive in our future. So the best news in recent months, even though everybody's been constantly afraid of something, is that our deficit is plummeting. The United States government has been able to freeze increases in spending while capturing a lot more tax revenue. And as you've noticed, your tax bills have been higher. Uh, Now, uh, keep in mind, uh, to understand how significant this has become, in 2008, our deficit was $1.47 trillion dollars. Indeed, almost 10% of the GDP. Uh, Today, right this minute, as we speak, it is running at about $412 billion uh, upcoming. So the the previous 12 months uh, have run at an annualized rate of $412 billion in deficit. I want you to understand that there's only been a few years... And when I say a few in the last 40 that have been better, I would speak specifically to the late 90s and early 2000s when the tech bubble and everyone selling their stock created massive capital gains taxes. We had a huge spike in revenues. Again, you can see this in a chart. I'm happy to send it to you. But here's the point. Milton Friedman taught us long ago that government spending is the equivalent to taxation, regardless of how it's financed. And when the amount of income that gets redistributed by the government shrinks by some 20%, that is significant. Uh, This is already giving the private sector a lot more breathing room at the same time as it has reduced the expected future burden of taxation. In other words, as deficits come down, the government's need to tax us all more dissipates. That's going to be good news as the upcoming presidential election unfolds because our guess is it's going to start sounding good again to say, gee, maybe we can cut taxes. Now, you know what happens to stock markets and business when they get a message that tax burdens may be reduced. They tend to go up, and they tend to go up by a lot. If you recall, what ignited the secular bull market in 82 was when Ronald Reagan massively cut taxes and reinvested that revenue into business growth. When you combine that massive tax cut and the idea that the baby boomers were just hitting the business scene, it's quite significant to see how that lit the torch of a 20-year bull market. Now, interestingly enough, Just as we're on the cusp of yet being in a position again to start cutting taxes, and believe me, people who want to be president will tell you anything to get your vote. So don't don't be surprised when you start hearing about a, a rollback of all the increased taxes of the last eight years now that the deficits are falling. Now, interestingly, it falls right in line with Gen Y, 
replacing the baby boomers from the early 80s. Here we are 30 plus years later, and Gen Y is now the guys that are hitting the job scene. So don't you find it funny that here we are at a point that has the same two converging issues again, a massive balloon of people coming into the system to start their job and an ability to start talking about tax reduction again. Would not be at all surprised to see record amounts of small businesses open over the next two to three years as Gen Y comes out of college, finds uh, a market in the job world that they might not like, and they'll do the same thing that the baby boom did. They'll start their own business. So those are exciting things to be talking about. But back to the deficit. Thanks to zero growth in spending, uh, opposite really strong growth in revenues, remember, as you tax people more and they make more, massive leverage is created at the federal revenue level. So a lot of revenues have been accumulated. But when you combine capped spending and increased record revenues, you get federal deficits as a percent of GDP now approaching 2%. Remember what it looked like in 08 and 09, it was 10%. The experts at the time were telling us that, oh gosh, we're going to see 10% revenue, excuse me, 10% GDP percentage points in deficits for many, many years to come. (laughs) Well, the good news is, as is always the case, the experts and their becoming psychics were a bit off the mark. It turned out to be very difficult to foresee what actually occurred. Oddly enough, this dramatic improvement, even though the economy has struggled to grow, it hasn't not grown, it has struggled to grow. There's a difference. It's a big reason the equity market has been able to advance as it has. But we think there's a lot more of that coming. As the smart guys tell us, Slowly but surely, markets have rallied because the future has turned out to be much less dire than expected. Now, remember in our last podcast, we talked about how sentiment in the general public investor community still showed us that only one out of four people felt good about the market. And yet here we are fluttering within, I don't know, depending on the day, a a percent or two or three with record highs. Now, The next administration, what can we expect as the summer ends and the presidential campaign gets running in earnest? Look, as we covered earlier in podcasts, imagine what might unfold going forward if our government managed to do just a few things right for business. Now, we can all admit the last eight years have been about social programs. What if we started talking about business again? Remember, business is what gives us our jobs, which gives us our revenue, which creates the tax. It's a positive cycle effect. Now, there are things that they can do right. We talked about it. They can slash corporate taxes, which, by the way, are a very small part of total revenues, but currently pose a huge barrier to increased investments. Corporate taxes are now in the United States at nearly record highs. When you compare competitive corporate taxes around the world, we're now one of the most expensive places to do business. 
Anybody in their right mind knows that's not a good thing for future business. Think of the billions of dollars in foreign profits that U.S. corporations refuse to repatriate, living proof that the tax code is distorting the economy by miles. Imagine for a moment just one tax holiday. Would it, would it, were it to be created, if the government would say, for the next 30 days, you can repatriate those funds for investment here in the United States, and we will only tax you a minor amount. It would create a massive wave of reinvestment. New jobs would be coming out our ears, and plenty more tax revenue would be created for D.C. to play with. But it takes long-term thinking not political thinking. It takes long-term business strategy to understand the massive benefit. Think of, think of throwing a giant rock in the middle of a lake. Imagine how far those ripples would go. We could also follow on with remarks about reforming entitlement programs. We could privatize Social Security, even raise the retirement age. Look, baby boomers are not retiring at age 65. They're, they're changing retirement the way they've changed everything else in their lives. We're witness to it. We should know it by now. Very few people I know in business are retiring at age 65. They're just getting their second wind. They love what they're doing, and they're going to keep building it. Don't forget capital gains tax rates. They've now inched up to almost 30%, clearly penalizing savings and investment. A cut of just a mar smile, small margin would create a huge breath of fresh air. Remember, much like the early 80s, think of what the early 80s steps caused and what that might look like for the next 30 years. So look, as the summer unfolds, let's sit back and bask, if you will, in the confidence that comes from looking back to see just how far we've come and the significant progress we've made in the past few years by gradually starving the government beast. But much more needs to be done. Look, our government cannot spend $3.6 trillion a year as efficiently as the private sector could. Think about that. Try spending $300 billion a month. That's 10 billion dollars a day. <laughs> Imagine spending that without waste, corruption, and inefficiency. It is humanly impossible. To paraphrase one of Obama's own advisors, the federal gov government is simply too vast to be run efficiently. One more thing before we uh, end this podcast today and all the data that you've been fearing and the chatter about the contraction in our economy in Q1, you can bet your bottom dollar that somewhere over the next year or two, the government agencies that report data will revise that number out and we will have forgotten it by then. But my guess is you can't have record highs in revenues in tax revenues. Nobody pays taxes on money they don't make. 
<laughs> so if you have record revenues and record taxes, the odds are really high you didn't contract in business. But the good news is this. The ISM May Manufacturing Index bounced a little bit in the latest data this week, soothing some of the fears of those who had worried that the economy was slipping back into a recession after that weaker-than-expected first-quarter GDP. Now, the, the current data, the current data, again, if you want the charts, please send me that email. Happy to send you these charts. The current data show it very clearly that it, it, it's consistent. It doesn't match exactly, but it's consistent with GDP growth at an annualized rate of at least 2% in this quarter. Now, that's kind of what happened last year. We had a bad quarter on Q1, and then it started picking back up for the rest of the year. As you might guess, I'm an optimist here, and I think we'd even be remiss to not suggest that it could even be a little stronger than that. So what now? What do we do now? Look, it's summer. People aren't going to be paying attention to things. They're going to be having fun with family and friends, as we hope you are. But let's keep praying for a correction in the market. Remember what we said way back in late 2012. It was getting to the point then where we had one fear left. Our fear was we would get fewer and fewer corrections to take advantage of. And a secular bull market was being birthed. So far, so good. But in secular bull markets, there are very few corrections. And the market ebbs and flows in a way where it's like a bucking bronco. It wants to throw you off as quickly as possible, leave you on the side of the curb as the bus leaves. That's what secular bull markets do. So let's be patient. Let's be ready. Let's pray for those corrections. They are likely to be short-lived, and they will send uh, sentiment plummeting. It'll be in the basement again. How quickly they react is amazing. But the crowd will get afraid very, very quickly. That's a perfect mix for the cocktails we need this summer. Be patient and ready. Let's act when most will not, either because they are at the beach missing the deals or they're simply too afraid to believe in a future that is far better than we currently comprehend. So look, be well. Have a couple of cold ones on us. Enjoy the family and friends. Enjoy the summer. Come back soon to our next podcast. Until then, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant. Thanks again for your time.